All right. What is up? Good to see you. Good to be beings of the multiverse. It is I, Dilly Dave, a.k.a. the Milky Bar Kid, here hanging out with Miss Hap for another episode of Granted with Dilly Dave. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. God, it's my pleasure. But before we really get into it, even get our feet on the ground, we should probably think about the ground that we're on first. So, you know, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians, not owners, traditional custodians of this land, combination of the Buwurrung and the Wurundji people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge elders, past, present and emerging, uh, mention that sovereignty was never ceded, no treaty signed, and... Uh, Hold some gratitude for us to be able to record and share our stories in this space. How do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. We always need to do that, so thank you. Cool. I love it. So, look, I want to get this right, so I really want to get this bio right. And you have to tell me if it's off or I've missed anything big. All right, let's go. So let him hear it, okay? Ms. Hap has spun hard enough to place in the Australian DMCs, you know, make the top ten in the Australian online DMCs, and also compete in the DMC World Beat Juggling Championships. With tons of residencies all over, Miss Hap has torn apart more stages with her bare hands that you and your friends could name in your hands. It's a lot of stages. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but we're not just talking about beats here with Miss Hap. Uh, you're also a mentor for Lab 6 and helping shape the future minds of DJs. You're packing heart and steez up the sleeve. So thank you so much for joining us today. Did I miss anything? Yeah, thank you. Um, no, I, I am a former representative of Lab 6. Um, okay. Unfortunately, How former? How former? Well, like, not too long ago. That's, that's a um, Perth-based thing, so... Is it, fresh? Is it fresh enough to cut? It's... Um, look, it's, it's, it's okay. Was, has been, and still will be a mentor. Yeah, um, still, still mentoring, so yeah. Cool. So Melbourne's coolest new resident... Um, coming from Perth, um, how does it feel? Welcome. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. It feels really good. Um, been here for six weeks now, so that's been nice. The first few weeks were a bit hard, just finding my feet and settling in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love it here. I love it here. What does finding your feet in Melbourne look like? Um, kind of flapping your arms around a little bit and getting told the world is about to end. But um, yeah. Okay, that sounds like a birdie in distress. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But it was only a couple of weeks and then I was all good, you know. Just took um, finding my feet and definitely I think since the Breaking Bread show, I've got like a lot of right. homies that are cemented in my presence now. So, yeah. That's cool. That's so good to hear. So that was um, the other week. Um, Legends at Leadbeater put on by Breaking Bread. You were a part of a crazy lineup, uh, including obviously some, some true veterans and some... F- True foundational members, like in our scene. Um, Mantra, M for Jones, Kudos, 2207, um, Shining Armor on the MC, Miss Haps on the Wiki Wikis. That was, that was a lineup, right? I didn't miss anybody. Um, yeah, that was a lineup. Now you got it. So what was, the, what was that gig for you like? Um, what were some key memories that you took out of that gig? How important was it for you? Um, I think just getting to know um, some of the boys by rehearsing with them and getting that experience um, and that time to learn um, multiple sets on such a short time frame and 
get to know the songs intimately and intricately and like know where I need to cut in and yeah. do the ad lib and stuff like that. Um, never really done ad lib for DJs, be- I mean MCs before. Like I've DJed for MCs, but I've never really joined on the mic. So so that was a new thing because it seemed, yeah. it seemed uh, I mean, you said there was a lot of rehearsal that went into it, but it did seem national. It was probably something that's been on your mind a bunch of times, especially if you know the, uh, the MC and the tracks, having those moments you know, we can kind of pipe in and support on the vocals. Was it fun? Did you really enjoy that? Yeah, man. Yeah, I loved it. Some of it, some of it wasn't rehearsed. Some of it was just like me jumping in and they were like, hey. oh, cool. Like, got yeah. my back. But um, yeah, the majority of like the mixing and um, the intros or, you know, that kind of stuff or yeah. anything that we needed to be cued on, like stuff with the lighting, like that was all rehearsed. So, yeah. So there was quite a lot of preparation into that gig. Um, do you think that those kind of gigs always need that kind of preparation and that it generally pays off? Um, I think um, it definitely helps if you can um, rehearse before the gig because that definitely put us all in like a lot of a a bigger mindset. Like we were like, we're putting on a show. It's not just an event. Like it was, it was a show. Um, What does that uh, compare to or how is that different to the standard uh, DJ show for you? Um, the standard DJ show for me, it depends because if it's a club or a bar residency, I can really just stay on top of um, my tracks and like, you know, think of new combinations throughout the week or like things that I want to do. Um, but most of the time I'm just freestyling as opposed to, I guess, DJing for MCs. Like they want to know when something is happening and like... It's all about the, it's all about their timing yeah. Instead of your you need creative keep, free flow, yeah, state. you need to keep like the timing right, and you're more you're working as an instrument and like as a tool for them to help them succeed or like help their show be better. Right, so it's and not about you. Yeah, and it, there is a lot that can be added to a standard rapper or MC set, right? Yeah. What are some of the favorite things that you like? You know, whether it's your craft and the t- turntables and how you use that. But what are some favorite things or flavors or ingredients you like to add or sprinkle to make uh, MC sets more special? Yeah, um, for sure. So I think just with the show there, like it was, it was nice to be able to, you know, I guess when you're using Serato and things like that, nowadays you have the capability to do a lot of different stuff. So um, in terms even, of versatility, or yeah, or even you know b- being able to break the track down into a stem and then like you know uh. just do some on the go cuts and things like that that are still subtle enough. To fit into the track, yeah. um, I think my favorite part of the Breaking Bread performance and DJing for those guys was yeah, like getting to um, yeah, just really like figure out a live performance with you know Mantra Twenty Two O Seven and Kudos, yeah. like all three of them, um, and yeah, really work together to create that energy and that yes. um, those moments. So I think you know with like being able to. Um, pay homage to the cuts that Kudos and Mantra both had on their tracks um, and try to do them as well as I could that as they were recorded. I think that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, yeah, because they both take the scratching side of stuff probably as seriously as you do, right? I, I think so, yeah. Like, and, yeah, they know like how the cuts sound. And, and Kudos, he scratches as well. He's yeah. learning how to cut. So, um, yeah, like even when we first pulled up the track, um, 21 Pieces of card he was saying all right so um and this is how the cuts go and he was just like you know doing it with his mouth like yeah 21 21 pieces of card card you know and so i think 
even just having like that knowledge of that idea or even if those cuts weren't already made like they know how they sound and they right. can just vocalize it you know even with mantra he felt the same and and same with 22 like he knew how he kind of wanted the cuts to sound and how they did sound on his track so just mm. being able to um carry them out live was was cool that would help a lot with the mc having that direction and knowledge because that's not something that you often experience or are really privy to right um yeah like i guess sometimes when people ask you to do cuts on a track they won't exactly tell you like how they want the cut to sound so you might have so many different ideas of how those scratches might sound or how you could go about it but you don't have an idea of how they're thinking of it you know like yeah yeah of course you know you're gonna have your interpretation they're gonna have theirs and maybe you find a pocket that they didn't consider yeah for sure so yeah yeah. cool well um what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try a new different interview style okay so i'm really going to i'm really going to experiments on you mishap so if you'll uh, allow me i'm not sure if you're familiar with um joseph campbell's idea of the hero's journey i don't think i am essentially um joseph campbell is like an author i guess in some ways like an anthropologist uh but he has this way of summarizing stories and narratives in a a lot of mythology and religion etc and kind of lays out this framework for narrative called the hero's journey it's like uh you know it's the story of hercules it's the stories of of neo of you know of anyone who goes through this um starting in the ordinary but something's not right then finding this like new avenue or door or, or land or thing to come into and then the story unfolds for there so i've set up a couple questions to guide us on this journey on your hero's journey because i do okay. think you're a hero hero so um, let's, let's start it. So can you share what your life was before you fully got into, I guess, hip-hop, but, but DJing and, and scratching? What, what, what was ordinary and what was happening before you actually got into it in the first place? Um, so I was 17 when I started DJing. Um, yeah. uh, I guess the reason I got into it is because I was... Yeah, just running around with the wrong crew and, I don't know, just doing yeah. dumb young kid shit. And, yeah, um, yeah. I got through it um, through a family friend. So, through my stepmom's friend or family friend. She knew a guy. Um, his name's Matthew Simmons. He runs a DJ company back home. Yeah, okay. Um, back home in Ultimate Perth. DJ. Yeah. 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 Um, so, down in Mandra, it's like, it's an hour away from Perth, um, yeah. south. And, um, yeah, that's where I started. So... Cool. Yeah, just um, before I started, yeah, I was kind of just doing dumb shit and just being a young kid. And I really yeah. loved music, but I didn't have any direction or like really, I didn't know like what my musical talent was. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. did you know that you were going to go in the direction of music or did you have really no idea or... Always music, operation? always okay. music, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd always wanted to sing and perform or like essentially sing and rap that was like the ultimate dream so when i'd got this call up being like have you ever thought of djing i thought could be my you know my step in um yeah your step in through your stepmom yeah but it's wild um, who would have thought yeah not often uh stepmoms offer such a path i know yeah so um yeah i have a lot i have a lot to thank um stepmom chantelle for yeah she's brilliant so cool um yeah got into that and that was kind of the end of it man just fell in love and 
it's taken me until the last year or so to actually start making my own or like trying to experiment with making my own stuff. Right. Just because I fell so in love with DJing and got into the rabbit hole of turntablism and I just like okay. couldn't get enough of that. So, yeah. Right. So you're trying to do more creation on your terms with your mm. skills over th- through what you've learned over this kind of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad I've spent this time DJing. Like, I, th- I feel like the 10 years. Yeah. I was going to say. If anything will just years. help me. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the point? I mean, it sounds like you kind of said it before. It sounded pretty quickly you knew that there was no turning back. Was there a particular moment where you're like, this is it, there can't be anything else? Um, the point of no return. I feel like that was, I feel like that was when I found turntablism. Okay. I feel like that completely changed how I think about DJing and how I view it and how I hear it and, mm. and everything. Um, and it was just, it was basically like starting again. It felt like everything I knew about DJing, you know, I needed to scrap that and start right. from here, you know. Not maybe scrap it, but there was, there were so many things I didn't know. And I'd spent, as we all do, spent years thinking that I knew all this stuff. And yeah. it turned out I could have learned so much more. So that was kind of the point that I thought, this is like where I am now. And seeing craze and like battle DJs and just... Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess um, it's cool when you get to that point of where you feel like you know enough to almost start again on this more, uh, I almost said enlightened path, but maybe not enlightened path, but something that's like, you know what, I actually have the know-how to do this the way that I want to do it instead of, you know, the exploratory stage, you know, initially is, is good and fun, but I imagine after a while you know, it must feel refreshing getting to that point where you can kind of start again on your own terms. Um, yeah, 100%. I think maybe the word you were looking for is like a more inspiring path. Like yeah. I was more inspired. Um, right. And I th- that's what led to like me being where I am now. Like if I hadn't found turntablism, I wouldn't be me as a DJ, do you know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't. Right, which isn't as cool because you've got so many dope moves that we would have never seen. Exactly. You know, if you weren't just doing that. Yeah. Cool, that's really interesting. Um, I'm so glad I wrote all this down because the hero's journey is something which is quite, it's in-depth, you know, it's quite, you know, it's a good way to flesh out somebody's life experience. So next, I kind of want to talk about um, some of the tests, allies and adversaries that you had. So were there any key moments where um, you had a problem that you had to overcome or, or and, was there somebody who was there to help you? Like, who has helped you through some of the tougher times um, on your journey? Like, do, is there anyone that you can see stacking up as like a, uh, you know, a Jedi or a Sith in your life and any key moments where it was like, you know what, if I didn't have these people around me, that would have been pretty fucking bad. Yeah, um, yeah okay. So, I'll start with Buddha. Okay. Um, angry Buddha. He's my homie from back home. Um, right. And yeah, he taught me he taught me how to beat juggle. He taught me how to use my turntables properly. Um, yeah, it taught me a lot of what I know now. And I can yeah. <clears throat> go to him anytime for advice or feedback or yeah. And he's not scared to give it. Like he'll always he won't shy away from telling you like, oh man, like you know, like that was cool, but like 
could have done this different or like right. you know, like that was too slow or like this or that and you're like yeah like like a true friend and critic um, yeah 100% and you listen to it because you know he's right and you probably could have told yourself that as well but it's kind of it's confirmation like he's just not yeah. he's not afraid to tell you the truth and the truth is what you need to hear when you're trying to be better you know the truth is what you need to hear when you want to be better words of mishap huge clip it quote it Put in a put it in a scrapbook <laughs> if you want. I don't know if it's always what you want to hear, but um. no, it's rarely what you want to hear <laughs> yeah. until after the fact, right? Like you never really want to hear that truth in the moment when you are the most vulnerable, and you actually know what it is. You just need it vocalized to you by or from somebody who you either care about or respect. You know, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think the next the, the people that yeah have been there the most definitely my family. Um, hey. Yeah, like my parents, my stepmom, my dad, my mom, um, and her partner as well. But um, probably <clears throat> my sister from like day dot, my big sister, Meg. Cool. Yeah, so she used to come with me to all my first gigs and like yes. whenever I was feeling awkward or she was just always... Would dance yeah. and take some attention <laughs> yeah. away from what's she happening. Would, yeah, away start or... the dance floor and... Um, Perfect. Yeah, so definitely Meg. She was always my rider from day dot. Um, and I would say Casey as well. So I'm um, DJ Casey, um, manages the DMC in Australia. Yeah, huge. Um, me and Casey connected through DMC um, when I first entered, but mostly through online. Um, it was during a time that me and Buddha weren't talking as much or I don't know, I think we just had some, some random falling out. Yeah, and, which happens. Um, yeah, I'd gone to Casey for advice and I was always just wanting him to tell me like it was good enough you know what I mean but he always mm. was like I don't think that's the take Miz like you gotta do it again you know and right. like this you gotta maybe you should change this and oh maybe you know don't do that body trick or like this or that and sometimes I wouldn't want to hear it but especially if it's the body trick especially if <laughs> body tricks I'm always gonna defend them I remember KC telling me one time body tricks body tricks are old man like they're lame oh, like no one does them anymore and I was like Nah, bro. They're always going to be cool. So. Yeah, that's why they're cool. Uh, that would be yeah. even more cool if it's not as uh, accessible or happening out in the scene, I would have thought. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I miss I, I miss the body tricks, man, when they were, like, yeah, just doing crazy shit, like, sitting on the turntables and, like, putting them upside down and, shit. you know, like, juggling basketballs and shit, like, because yeah. it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, how many crazy things can you do while also... I don't know. It's just part of it's just part of the DMCs, man. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're you're entering this space of it's almost like a circus act. You know, like you're trying to give this performance, and sure, you've got like them. You know, the the decks as a tool, That's the tables as a tool, but yeah. your body, your everything, your presence. You know, your all of that is the tool, right? Sometimes it's just about um, making a statement. I guess some some DJs, you know, like we're just. Sometimes I think they get to a point or they're just at a point where they're like, you know what, maybe I won't win, but I'm going to come up with the most obscene shit right. and it's going to be crazy and no one's ever done it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool to, um, to hear. So, I mean, as we all know, it's very hard to do, to, you know, to go after or pursue your, your dream or your passion unless you have that support, you know, whether it's the fan or the mentor, like everybody's almost equally as important, right? Um, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, have there been um, any big moments where it took 
a lot of deep reflection um, to kind of overcome anything? Like, were there any moments where you really had to, like, pull back and kind of reconsider everything or reconsider what was happening or kind of dig deep to overcome an issue? Um, I feel like I'm going through one of those moments right now in my life. Okay. Um, well, if you want to share, we might be able to get, you know, we might be able to get into it. Um, but also, if you want to be yeah. vague and broad, you're more, more than welcome uh, to do that too. Um, yeah, look, man, I'm just, I feel like the biggest obstacle I've faced, um, yeah, probably out of all of them is the constant steering of like being told to be this way or that way or um, yeah, like be less b-boy or like be more sexy or to dress a certain way mm. or to like look cute or to like do all this stuff when I don't think it should be about that. And I'm only told right. those things because I'm a woman. Um, totally. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest battle for me right now, um, especially when it comes from people that uh, you thought had your back right, or like you think. Right, kind of close with. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, um, I know it's industry shit, but at the same time, like I'm going to choose when I want to look cute and I'm going to choose when I want to put heels on and like, right. and, you know, I just don't want, yeah, some, someone telling me that. Yeah, um, which is definitely, which is beyond reasonable, especially look, you know, Look at the facts. Ten years in it. It's not like you haven't considered, you know, who and what you are up on stage yeah, through all like of those Yeah, like I feel times, like if right? I was going to... Rebrand. If I, yeah, if I was going to rebrand or, like, take the easy route of, like, getting my body out to, like, appease a certain crowd yeah, um, and just to get myself further, I could have done that fucking years ago. Like, I don't yeah. need to do it now. It actually comes across as a very conscious choice from you, right? It is, it is, and it is a conscious choice. And I feel like, yeah, when I want to embrace, um, yeah, when I want to embrace my femininity and my sexuality and myself yeah. as a woman, yeah, that's what I do. I just, um, I, my biggest problem, I think, Dave, is just um, the battle of being told what to do. I've always had a problem with it. Yeah. Um, it's just an authoritarian hate. I don't know what it is. Yeah, like so, um, uh, what gives you the right to really have much of an opinion on, about how I'm doing my thing? You know, if you're, yeah, if, you're exactly. if you're my manager and we've got like stakes in the game and we want to talk like the business side of things and, and discuss those ki that kind of shit in a particular context, maybe if we've agreed. Maybe, but maybe, like but if we've really had this conversation, I don't want to right. have it again. You know what I mean? Why don't why don't why can't people quit? <laughs> I, I feel like it's such a lack of you know self control and direction in their own lives that they need to latch on to people like yourself who are just like out here to kill it on your own terms yeah i just yeah i just I, that's it i just want to do it on my own terms and i just i want to do it my way and i don't see the problem with that and i feel like yeah. that's that's just a part of who i am so yeah well you seem like uh, somebody who comes across as pretty like sure of yourself pretty certain in your way you know, do you think that that's how you carry yourself or am I just kind of making stuff up on the fly? Um, no, no, you're, you're definitely correct. I definitely, um, it's taken me a long time to get to this point where I'm like, you know, fuck, if you don't like me, like, fuck it, you don't like yeah. me. Like, if you don't like what tell, I do. Tell them, tell them into the camera. Tell them right <laughs> to the camera. I don't straight in the camera and do it. No, <laughs> they no, don't no. Have I feel to. like I've already done this <laughs> that before. That was forced, yeah, okay. I just think, um, yeah, I just want to do, I just want to do me and I just, I just want to do that because that's, that's what I do best and when I'm trying to be you know, what everyone else wants me to be, I'm not being myself. So, 
I just got to do that. And if I'm too b-boy or I'm not sexy enough, like, I don't... Right. I don't care. You yeah, know? who gives a shit? Cool. Um, what's uh, really exciting you with your craft and here in Melbourne at the moment? What are some things that you're really, like, interested and excited about? Um, shit, man. I... I it's hard answering that because I've only been here for six weeks now and I feel like I've done so much stuff already. You totally have. Um, I'm not saying you haven't met your quota. No, no. <laughs> I just, that's, that's what I'm... I'm just... I'm gobsmacked that I've already, you know, like made so many good friends um, and so many talented friends and yeah. so many connections. Um, Do you want to tell us some of those connections and friends yeah. and stuff? Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, shit. So I feel like my first homie was tw- my first homie was twenty two, or um, yeah. Toby. Yeah. Shout outs. Yeah, shout outs. Um, helped me get through some some stuff. Um, and then yeah, like Essa. I've been hanging out with Essa, and he's my yeah. homie. He's shout my outs in homie. the building, Essa. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like T Shy. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like boys. just yeah the boys from the Breaking Bread show. I feel like we all made a really strong connection just being a part of that show and building that um yeah i've got some good girlfriends here already as well which um yeah i thought would take me a while my homie adele she works at section hey she's lit she's down there (laughs) yeah um yeah and just mj um mj looks after me well um with my crew with 100 percent fat so um and yeah even like mj's crew of djs they're all really great so i just just being, I've been here and I've been just surrounded by, like, music and, uh, like, every day. Just yeah. something musical every day in some kind of way. And I've, that's, yeah, I guess that's what I was coming here for, so. Right, because you knew that, sorry, you knew that it was like, look, I don't know, t- I really don't know anything about Perth, especially, <laughs> like, when it comes to DJs and, like, what's available, but um, I, all, I know that, all I know is that there is tons of everything here, you know, and I think uh, after you, after you have enough personality to be able to engage and interact with people out and about, you're kind of laughing, you know. Like people are out there. All you have to do is be almost in the right, you know, right time, right, right space, right time. That's yeah. That's pretty much it, man. And just yeah. get yourself out there, and yeah, you know, like it doesn't matter if you're not playing the gig, but like showing up and. Yeah, just being involved and like totally, you know, just making it known that you're around and like you you want to contribute to the scene. I think, um, like, look, this is my first time starting again since yeah. <clears throat> since I started ten years ago back home. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that was like, you know, as I was saying before, like that was one of my hurdles in first getting here and feeling like, yeah, I got to find my feet, and I still do. You know, it's it's yeah. more of a hustle here to get um, as much, you know, like financial cover as I was back home and to be able to pay my bills and, sure. but it's more exciting here and I'm more inspired and mm. um, I'm doing lots of different stuff you know not just the same or similar stuff and right, right. it's just yeah change and challenge and I think that's like the most important part so I think to answer your question what I'm most looking forward to is like yeah ev- evolving um, to the next level to where I want to be um yeah, and like hanging with my homies more and creating some stuff with them and, yeah. you know, seeing where the Breaking Bread stuff can go and seeing where we can go individually. Um, and, yeah, just getting into writing some music now that I've, like, settled a bit more and yeah. 
yeah, see, uh, see what else I can do. That's so awesome. I think uh, one of the big points that you touched on that, you know, I think the SR is fantastic at it as well, is um, just being there. Like, I think one of the biggest things you can do to contribute to a scene or a thing is just presence, just support, just, you know, the gig might not have anything to do with you. Good, go and support and see what's happening, you know, like uh, you don't want to think it's always really about you and the connections that you have to make and the things that you need to do. Just going to whatever gig or whatever spot or whatever hang it is, like that's a massive contribution. And for the people who are who like are performing and then they see your familiar face in the crowd, it's like they're back at me. This is huge. Yeah, even I think like even one of the biggest importances like doing that has is so that you yourself feel like I feel a sense of community being here, you know? And I didn't I didn't necessarily have that back home. Like I felt Oh truly. Yeah, yeah. Like I did. I did with my um my scratch crew. Um, and a turntablism crew, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it felt back home. So, hey, well, we're we're fucking happy to have you here. Thanks, man. And hopefully, we uh, provide all the avenues, the support, the um, you know, inspiration and and stuff for you, really, just to continue to flourish and do your thing. Thanks, G. Thank you. Um, what are some of the aspirations? Like, where do you want to see yourself? What have you got your eyes? set on at the moment what are some goals that are kind of driving you or you're in a state where you're about to start form formulating them um, <clears throat> i oh, i think um for the next part i just really want to focus on yeah what i'm doing um musically on my own terms even if that is djing um or working on my own stuff when you say working on your own stuff, is this mm -hmm. uh, production? Is this mixes? What, what are the things? Um, no, mostly, yeah, mostly production. Um, yeah, like I've been writing, like writing poems or like shitty lyrics, like ever since Somebody I was a kid. Somebody wants to rap. Yeah, I mean, yeah no, I definitely <laughs> want to rap. That's, that's how have this you, all began, you know. Because it's something that obviously you said at the start, you want to be, that was one of the initial mm -hmm. dreams, right? Yeah. Have you dabbled? Like what's the, what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I got some... Um, some random raps on my laptop, yeah. Cool. Are they like within the past year or just over time? Or um, most of them, yeah, most of them from the past year. I feel like if they were recorded from the earlier days, they would be such a different me. It's insane. Um, okay. What kind of you would be? I don't know, like a kid trying to like run the streets that like didn't yeah. come from the streets, like. Dude, I already yeah. wrestled with that battle. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just, uh, yeah, I, I think the most I wrote, like, was when I was, like, the the books I have my, uh, from when I was 17, like, I don't I don't think they'll be going anywhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it was, like, struggle without the context of the journey and really figuring out who you are, I guess. Yeah, yeah, dude, I think so. So, um... Yeah, I think that's that's definitely something I want to uh, work on. Um, yeah, I'd like to be confident with that one day and be able to, uh, yeah, be able to do something with it. Yeah. Um, I love rapping, but I feel like, yeah, I guess I just when I do it, maybe I just I'm not used to it yet. You know. Consider this: <laughs> you've been exposed to so many dope MCs in your time. Yeah. That the bar and the expectation 
is probably kind of wild, you know. It's pretty, it's pretty high. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you have to try and navigate a space of removing that. And, you know, it's only you and your voice that you can kind of work on. And it's never going to start where you want it. But if you keep at it, you will get what you want, you know. I, I will get what I want. I will get what I want. She will get what she wants. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I know I'll get there if I work on it. Um, so I do want to just, like, pull back a bit from, uh, yeah, putting so much focus or attention yeah. onto, like, certain DJ projects or things like that yeah. um, and really just take the time, like, a couple of days a week to just, yeah, just make beats and just write to them and, yeah. Do you have a, do you have a writing process at the moment? Um... Not particularly. Um, normally, I might make a beat or, you know, I wouldn't even say some of them are even beats. Do you know what I mean? They're kind of just like sure. experimental yeah. <laughs> tracks. Just chops um, and bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just fuck around with it. And so do, I don't know, man. Do you feel restricted that you can only write over your stuff? Um, not necessarily. Like, there'll be sometimes I'll be hanging with Tobes or yeah. someone else yeah. and they'll be playing a beat and yeah. I'll be thinking... You know, I'll sit there, like, rapping in my head or, you know, singing along, like... Yeah. I really want to write to this, but I know it's not my beat. Like, it's their beat, and they're planning on writing to it, and I'm sitting there like, damn, like, I wish you never showed me this, because all I want to do is, like, write to this track now. Um, but you can recreate it, you know? I guess that's the power <laughs> that you have. You know, you yeah. can take that thing, you can figure out the essence of what it is that really draws yeah. you to it yeah. and kind of do that up in your own way you're 100% right yeah. yeah so I think even just when you're in that aspect is like just sitting there and writing and then taking it home and putting it to something else yeah what I find uh, like part of my writing process is just listening to so many different instrumentals and they'll probably be in the same kind of like theme of of like either they'll be in the same like flavor town you know, both in BPM and, like, sonically. I like, um, I like jazzy hip-hop. Yeah, 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 totally. Jazzy hip-hop beats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, I like that, but darker, more Griselda, Westside type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'll just go on a trawl. I cr- I've created this uh, YouTube playlist called Dusty Dope Beats. It's got Wait, two- no way. It's got 237. Can you share it with me? I totally share <laughs> it with you. But I Thanks put so. it on, and I'm just riding, and then, like, as soon as the novelty or the good feeling from that track is not there, I'll just go to the other one, you know, and keep adding to it, like, every day. And what yeah. happens is I'm able to write something that kind of fits over a bunch of things or fits, and, and you know, and then it only takes, once you find that final track or whatever, it only takes a little bit of tweaking in the, in the copy and the bars to really make it fit. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I, yeah. d- I do that when I'm traveling. That's, like, right. that's my writing style when I'm... <clears throat> when I'm traveling is just pulling up yeah instrumental playlists and, and doing that right. and then you might get halfway through and think it's just not got the juice anymore so, exactly you know, and yeah. that's like it's almost a cheat code because when you're writing to beats and stuff the initial feeling or the motivation fucking feels phenomenal right and you're in it but then it's, it's very easy to find the blocks you know it doesn't take much to find a block in the process but if you're able to keep you know keep it uh like keep the novelty if you're able to juggle the novelty by just like going through the different tracks and having that all set up that means that instead of only being able to write for five minutes 
You can write for 10 minutes or whatever. I love these short attention spans. I just love them. Hey, yeah. we probably have a better attention span <laughs> than that, but, you know, I'm talking about everyone and something that's accessible, you know. Um, another thing that I've found that helped, you know, that's helped me with writing a lot is is trying to write four good bars at a time, you know? Because when you try and write four really good bars, you, you, write, a, you write 50 shit bars and 30 okay <laughs> bars and, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. I feel like uh, most of the stuff that I have written so far is just like um, needs to be 70% rewritten, I would say. What was that, sorry? I would say, like, most of the tracks that I have on my laptop right now because I was just, like, freestyling yeah. or yeah. trying to create, like, and be in this headspace. Yeah, yeah. 70% of that needs to be rewritten because it was just, yeah. like, it, it was just filler bars or it was just me trying to join. Yeah, just figure out the flow and yeah. stuff. And that's the perfect, like, that's a great part of the process. I think, like, being able to like, freestyle feel something out is, is a great quality or an approach and that'll get that'll get your direction and your kind of form or structure that's where you kind of figure that out and once you've figured out like that that pattern the pattern that fits or a couple of them then you spend the next however many fucking days or weeks trying to figure out those perfect that's i feel like that's the problem though like um that's the problem i have maybe is when i'm creating or when i'm jamming yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. Like, um, most of the time I'm jamming and experimenting. And yeah. then I, like, I'll have three different lyrical ideas yep. to, like, the one beat just, like, saved in the project. And I'm which, like, is, which is fine. What am I doing here? Like, and I can't decide between the three options, you know? And you're going, why? Um, well, that's, that's when you put a switch up. Yeah, Halfway yeah. up towards the end of the verse. And you really <laughs> continue to surprise people. Sicko mode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, no, I really, I think it's cool from your perspective, somebody who spent like a decade doing, you know, the decks and turntables and, and kind of performing from that stage, from that perspective, and then wanting to, you know, get onto the other side, you know, like all mic, you know, because that's a completely different beast. Um, yeah, I think it is, it is completely different, man. And like, I think for years, or not for years, but... I think when I was younger, I just thought, oh, that's, like, so cool and yeah. I love singing, so that would just be, like, so easy. But, right. like, I, I, I don't know. The more you grow up, you realise, obviously, like, there's things in my industry that I'm not so fond of, right? And I'm sure there's definitely a lot right. more of those things in, in the rap industry as well. There's so going to be a lot of the same... Um detractors or yeah. problematic things or frustrating perspectives yeah. or mindsets. Yeah. You are wrestling. It is the same domain. It but is you're the all, same. you're already so... Well, I imagine you've already figured out how to navigate it. So, you, in a way, I don't think it's a completely new domain in that sense. But just in terms of performance and craft, I feel like you're still going to run into the same annoying people. Yeah, I think I think it'll be the same... Thing, different bucket, you know, but um, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to. I'm excited to launch into that, man. Yeah. I think we're excited to see you launching into it. <laughs> um, this. I'm not going to put you on the stop on the spot and give you a, a whole lot of pressure, but I will say that SR and I have made an agreement that we will be doing an open mic together in January 
towards, you know, the back end. Okay. So if you want a goal or if you want a collective mission... I'll, um, I'll get my Burniverse going yes. right now. Burniverse, yeah. even if it's a feature, whatever it is. Oh, gosh. No, I don't think anyone will be inviting me for a feature anytime soon, but I'll well, definitely I mean, be um, attending an open mic and embarrassing myself, so that's cool. Well, that's what I mean. You could, you could either have your own track or set, or you could do an embarrassing feature on... You know what? I think just in my DJ sets from yeah. now on, I'm just going to start playing instrumentals yes. and just dropping some bars, you know? I think that's what we want. Yeah, we'll see how they like that. Yeah. I think they're going to like it. It's going to be initially shocking, but <laughs> ultimately satisfying, you know? It's fantastic. I think so. I think so. Cool. All right. I think we're getting to the tail end of things, right? So, um, God, this is, these are such great points. These dot points are really good. These are really interesting dot points. <laughs> all right. So, uh, this, this podcast is all about being grounded, staying grounded, staying grounded on the path, staying on the path in the first place. What are some things that have really helped you stay on course? And uh, are there any daily or weekly practices or exercises that you engage with to help you like stay grounded, stay on the path? Um, I think staying on the path, um, I think I just stay on it because there's not really any other option. There's no other path. <laughs> there's no other there's no path. There's no other path. Um, but yeah, I think Biggie, my dog, um, he keeps me grounded. I love coming home to Biggs. Huge. Yeah, he is huge. Literally huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, just waking up, I don't know, on a weekend after like a big night out and or a big night out DJing um, and yeah, knowing like... I've still got my responsibilities. Like, I can't, mm. you know, i got to wake up, take Biggs out, right. feed him, and we're good. And it, it gets me outside. I think mm. for a long time, I don't know, DJing and working late nights and being in that, in that environment, I didn't get outside a lot. Um, sure. I can see that as being a pretty easy trap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really easy. So, um, I think that um, definitely seeing my family when I can um, or just staying in touch with my family and... Just being reminded of <laughs> the simplicity of like a family life, and yeah, you know, right. like yeah, the fact that they're there, and you know, and all like the goodness that comes from that. Yeah, man, and you know, like sometimes you get so caught up in yeah, I guess trying to like be a certain way or be this thing, or like I want to be a world champion DMC DJ one day, you know, and like yeah, I really hope I get there, but like it's not such a thing anymore that is going to let me forget that my family is there and that like I actually want to hang out with them yeah or you know what I mean yeah well I mean they're a little bit more important at the end of the day right yeah like you know you chase your dreams and you can chase money and you can chase all this stuff but at the end of the day man like when a family member dies or like when something like that happens it really pulls you back in so I think um, mm. that keeps me grounded just like thinking about my family um, my family's back home now so right, I won't right. see them as much anymore but yeah. um, I think yeah just being back home I would, when I visited them it would just be so yeah it would be like well I'm not I'm Ms. Hat but like yeah <laughs> it, that doesn't it doesn't mean shit I'm just Jess like I am right right yeah yeah I mean they see you for who you truly are and that's what you need yeah man yeah, yeah. Um, and I think apart from that um yeah, just making sure I'm healthy and thinking about 
myself um, or, you know, my health um, yeah. and what I need. Um, Which gets harder over time. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, sometimes you'll just be overwhelmed by, like, maybe the projects you have going on or things, you know, that are relying on you. Um, and so you feel like you can't turn off or, like, you know, you can't go for a walk or, like, just take a freaking breath. Yeah, and, like, that's yeah. normally what kills me, man. Like, you know, when I'm going through stress or this or that or I feel like I've got a hundred things to do, like, I'm not eating. Like, I'm not looking after myself. Yeah. Like, I'm just getting these things done. Right. so that these things are done and at the end of the day like you just end up exhausted and like really wired out from that so um yeah i think that helps yeah i can see how your dog fits into that very well <laughs> yeah he just he yeah he reminds you that you have to go out um yeah, yeah. you got to look after the dog which might remind you to look after yourself yeah basically like feed yeah. the dog Feed yourself while you're at it. And it. It helps, yeah. Cool. This has been a like a cool take on being grounded because you brought up some really accessible and important things, which is family and like animals slash accountability, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, just reminding. I mean, yeah, remembering like yeah, responsibility of yeah things that rely on you or accountability for sure. Cool. Um, well, this has been awesome. I feel, I feel grounded through this experience. I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing and um, jumping on the first place and hanging out. Uh, we're really happy to have you. Is there any um, any final thoughts or reflections? or Even if you want, you can start interviewing me to, uh, to finish off the episode. It's certainly up to you. All of the options, Jess. Oh, God, that was such a curveball. Now I don't have anything prepared. Yes, curveball. Um, what would I ask you, Dave? How does Dave stay grounded? I stay <laughs> grounded by... I stay grounded by... by socialising with, with my good friends. I think uh, that one of the things that gets me out of my head um, and gets me out of any moment of darkness or anything is going out and hanging out with people in the real world and just experiencing that energy in the moment because if you're if it's a good enough hang right there's nothing else but that moment like that presence that's right there so i would say that's probably one of the biggest things that helps me stay grounded or especially on the path of music and doing rap and stuff because uh god i feel like it'd be it's so easy to get into dark negative spaces in your mind like it's one of the easiest things to get into right yeah, it's definitely um, yeah, it's definitely a prison. Your state of mind, if it can be, yeah. Yeah, but I think we both know that if you, even if it's only a few key people in your life, then that's really kind of almost all you need to overcome most many things. Yeah, man, I I hear that for sure. I hear that for sure. Um, yeah, good friends. I haven't had them for my whole life, but now I have them. I'm really grateful to have them. So lots of time to catch up. Yeah, Maybe exactly. you'll find the actual best friend or some shit. Maybe you'll find <laughs> one of the best friends you've ever had in your fucking life and you'll be like, I can't believe it. Yeah, I've got, I've got some good friends now. Good people around me, so, yeah. Cool, awesome. Well, thanks again, Miss Hap. Thank you, man. Thank um, you. This will probably come out either, you know, this Wednesday or Sunday. So is there anything coming up that you want people to check out or anything that you want people to keep an eye out for? Uh, not particularly. got, like, regular gigs and all that stuff, so... 
Yeah, just get on the Stay socials. Stay posted and, yeah, get on the socials. We have a um, Christmas party for the crew coming up. I think it's a section on the 21st. Cool. Um, that's probably the next big thing on the cards, but, yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. Oh, cheers, Jess. Love your work. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thank you.